This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a uh, sunshiny but cold Monday here in south-central Michigan. Just a couple of weeks away now from racing in our region. We'll talk about that and more coming up. Two great guests lined up tonight, but first it's time to see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Giovanni Salzi won his second World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series feature during a span of two weeks, Friday night at Bakersfield Speedway, uh, driving his KCP Racing number 18. Salzi used the, quote, I'd rather be lucky than good method to score his fifth career World of Outlaws win at 20 years old. Then on Saturday, David Gravel bounced back from his Friday night crash to win at Paris Auto Speedway. The big game motorsports team overcame the adversity that a junked race car at Bakersfield threw at them score the team's second victory so far this season. Elsewhere, the Cars Tour headed to Hickory Motor Speedway for the second event of the year for both the Cars Pro Late Models and Late Model Stocks. Minnesota teenager William Sowlich led every lap from the pole to win his second career Pro Late Model race for the Cars Tour. And then it was Chad McCombie uh, who uh, had portrayed Dale Earnhardt Jr. in three. You remember that movie? Three, the Dale Earnhardt story? He uh, portrayed that Saturday night, had to pass the NASCAR Hall of Famer's car late to score his first career car's late model stock win. Then in NASCAR, the Circuit of the Americas saw some great racing this weekend, specifically on Sunday with the Cup Series, Ross Chastain, A.J. Allmendinger, and Alex Bowman going at it for the final lap in overtime, and all three led the race at one point on the final lap but it was Ross Chastain who returned a bump and run on A.J. Allmendinger that sent Dinger into Bowman, and Chastain went on to win his first career NASCAR Cup Series win, and that is what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Oh, it's not a good evening, Zach. (laughs) Oh, why? What's going on, my friend? Two weeks ago, it was 74 degrees. I walked out of the house this morning. It was 18. This is not even funny. I know. Right? I know. This is not hilarious at it's all. It's really not. We got a couple of schedule things to talk about in that vein coming up in just a few moments. But, Rich, um, an event that really had a lot of attention, uh, attention last year heading into it is kind of quietly on everybody's radar this year. Bristol Dirt Nationals are underway. Yeah, we're already a week into it, and I remember last year we were talking about for two or three weeks before, and and, and this year it's just, when I was preparing the story this morning, I said, we're already a week in, we have a week left, that's all, that, that's all that's left. But Zach, uh, Chris Ferguson overcame a lackluster run on Friday night and bounced back to pocket $50,000 in the XR Super Series late model 50 lap feature in the Carl Customs Bristol Dirt Nationals at the Bristol Motor Speedway on Saturday. Ferguson, uh, who took over the lead on lap eight, held off a hard charge uh, from Dirt Racing Hall of Famer Scott Bloomquist and pole sitter Ricky Wise to take the victory. Uh, with the win, Ferguson is now in the conversation to claim the $100,000 total points bonus for the XR Super Series late models at the end of the two-week Bristol Dirt Nationals. Uh, Friday uh, night winner Chris Madden had a rough run during his heat race and started in the back of the pack. And... Uh, he eventually finished 12th. Jonathan Davenport had another strong effort and produced his second straight fourth place finish. The XR Super Series late model Zach returned to action on Thursday with their practice session to prepare for their final two feature events set for this Saturday and Sunday 
April 1st and 2nd. Well, you talked about it not being a beautiful day or not being a great day or whatever you said at the top of the show. Uh, this is where I thought you were going. Our first scheduled event for 2022 for Horsepower Happenings got postponed earlier today. Winston Speedway's Player Hater Wild West Shootout presented by Lane Automotive was postponed to April 8th and 9th. That, of course, due to the cold weather that was forecasted for this weekend. In a statement on social media, uh, officials said with the cold temps and rain and snow in the forecast for this week, they are forced to move the race to next weekend. The format will remain the same. And to stay tuned to Winston Speedway's Facebook page for more information. And in that same vein, a reminder, $3,000 to win for Super Late Models, $500 to start. IMCA Modifieds racing for two grand to win, $175 to start. And that is a uh, IMC Modified Fast Shafts All-Star Invitational Qualifier, by the way. And then Street Stocks, 1,200 to win. Pro Late's 1,000 to win. And then you got Cyber Stocks, Warriors, Lightning Sprints, and more scheduled to race at the Player Hater Wild West Shootout, which, again, postponed to Friday and Saturday, April 8th and 9th. Well, Zach, back to the pavement. The past two years were full of challenging moments for Bubba Pollard at times. Uh, not having the speed its driver was accustomed to, and Pollard felt compelled to pull off the track just to load up and do it all over again the next weekend. Some called him washed up or a crybaby, but Pollard let the crit critics hear it in victory lane on Saturday night at Watermelon Capital Speedway after winning the Georgia Spring Nationals in Southern Super Series competition. Pollard posted the fastest time in qualifying and methodically drove through the field after a redraw placed him in a third starting spot, but he chose to fall back as far as fifth several laps into the race. By lap 73, he drove around Daniel Dye for the top spot and never looked back for the remainder of the 125-lap event. Pollard now has wins in the Red Eye 50, Speedfest, Georgia Spring Nationals to open the 2022 season, and his defeat, Zach, were runner-up finishes to Ty Majeski in the Citrus County 125 and the Rattler 125. Jet Nolan and Daniel Dye both had great runs and completed the podium. In other action in Cordial, Justin Salsack picked up his first win in five years in the Pro Late Model 75. It was an excellent race. And the Southern Super Series is back in action on April 8th and 9th with a double header weekend, a couple of 100-lap feature events at Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola. Now, Zach, we've talked about this before. Uh, Pollard seems to be back to the old Bubba to start 2022. Um, what's your opinion? Can we expect to see this now throughout the 2022 season? I think that the momentum is on his side right now. He's also in line. If you haven't seen this, he's in line for a potential SRX ride through Nashville Fairground Speedway and the fan vote. Um, so I, I think that this really, as you mentioned, we've talked about it before. We sound like a broken record, but it could be the uh, opportunities that Bubba Pollard needs. Uh, you know, they're kind of dubbing it his comeback tour. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him in victory lane multiple, multiple times, not just at cherry picked events, but at marquee racetracks and race events again here in 2022. I think you're right. I, I, I kind of like what Bubba Pollard said himself. He goes, I didn't know I went anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think if he looked in the mirror, he'd be able to say, it's been a quiet couple of years. Well, I will tell you, if the same Bubba Pollard shows up as three, four, and five years ago, uh, the Southern Super Series and all of these major events, uh, these premier uh, crown jewels that he's going to enter throughout the summer, these guys are going to be in trouble if he's got it figured out. Hey, I want to mention uh, real quick, if you're getting the itch to go racing this weekend and you're not really a dirt track racing fan, you want to go somewhere on the pavement, uh, this is kind of neat and kind of slid under the radar. The Vores Welding CRA Late Model Sportsman will kick off their season this weekend at the 11th Annual Cabin Fever Championships. This is an event promoted by Track Enterprises at Shady Bowl Speedway. It'll go Sunday, April 3rd. And it uh, will feature, of course, the Vores Welding CRA Late Model Sportsman. The Van Hoy Oil CRA Street Stocks will be there as well. Plus, the Vores Compact Touring Series and a special $1,500 to win Modified Challenge featuring drivers from Shady Bowl, Mount Lawn, and the Midwest Modifieds Tour. So, again, that's going on this Sunday with Champion Racing Association. Details available at cra-racing.com. Zach, if it makes you feel any better, uh, 
temperature in the afternoon on Sunday, 50 degrees. That is much more tolerable. You know what? We can go racing at 50 degrees in sunshine. I'll tell you that right yes, now. Yes, sir, we can. Rich, time to get into our first guest tonight, and it's an exciting evening because as we start to bring these guests in toward the middle and the end of March, we're talking about racing, and uh, we're talking about races that are going to be coming up very soon in our area, and this gentleman is doing a lot to prepare not only his stuff, but he's preparing some other people's stuff too. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, and, and, and Outlaw Late Model Racing is in the news right now, Zach. It, it's pretty big. We'll get into all that. Uh, this gentleman is a former Glass City 200 champion, and uh, I could probably start the list here, and it'd be a while, but uh, uh, <laughs> no stranger to Victory Lane around our area makes his home in St. Joseph, Michigan. Steve Needles, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, Steve, uh, it's been a long winter. First of all, uh, how's the family? How's Rachel? How's Sawyer? How everything's going? Yeah, everything's great. Everything's great. We had a uh, addition to the family in August, and uh, uh, little daughter Savannah. She's just uh, seven months, and that they're they're all doing great. Sawyer, he's three and a half now, and he's hell on wheels. Um, and I, I don't think she's going to be far behind him. So it's uh, it, it's really good. Everything's been great. We're almost in quarter midget territory for him, aren't we? Yeah, you know, we're working with them a little bit on uh, on the whole gas and brake and steering and that with some, some power wheels and some other things and, and Papa's tractor out back behind the shop. So we're working on it, and he's he's gaining some ground, but I think we got a little ways to go yet. But, uh, yeah, no, he's he's we went to Monster Jam over the weekend in Grand Rapids, and, boy, did he love that. He, uh, he was really into that, and I, I think he was more interested in the – dirt bikes at the intermission doing the freestyle than he was the monster trucks but either way he's he was pretty excited about it i want i want you to stop and give us a little insight there because our show we talk a lot about race car drivers and everything they're doing and what they're feeling and all this that and the other thing but steve as you start to see your own uh kind of get interested in the sport what's that like um it's it's exciting and a little bit terrifying all at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, you almost would love uh, to just I, get them addicted to baseball or something, right? Yeah, right, right, exactly. Um, you know, my my wife played college soccer, so you know she's a big soccer fan. So we, we're testing that water too. But um, you know, the racing deal is is pretty cool, and I'd love for him to to be involved one way or another if he wants to. I mean, we're not going to push him, but if he wants to, then that's great. We'll certainly try to facilitate that any way we can but um you know it's different when you watch them kind of growing up and you kind of learn what they can and can't do and um watching them grow from a kid who can't figure out how to press a gas pedal or turn a <laughs> steering wheel to somebody who's now just tearing up the yard on on a power wheel you know it's pretty fun to watch that development and it doesn't always happen as fast as you want it to and they and they don't always listen um you know, and, and they don't take teaching very well sometimes, but it's still pretty fun to watch that development and, and learn on their own and kind of feel things out and pretty cool. And how how's your dad taking all that too? Oh, he eats it up. <laughs> he eats it up. Yeah. Every last minute of it. In fact, he's Sawyer's over at my, my dad's house right now and they're, they're probably riding on a tractor as we speak. If I had to guess. <laughs> the cla classes classes in 40. session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they're making some laps <laughs> Steve before we get into the outlaw late model stuff let's go back to last year um, big year for you last year um, you were with all-star performance for quite a while uh, you decided to yep. make a move and and left that position there and uh, hence now needle speed solutions tell us uh, yep. you know for anybody that hasn't heard yet how you went through that process and how's everything going a year later yeah, um, that was a tough decision. Um, I had been with Lane uh, Motor State All Star, all of the above for 16 years, and I had always, you know, I had always found a way to do that during the day, and then go and work in the shop at night. And then as our family started to grow, um, once I got married and, and we had Sawyer, and then we were having Savannah, it became pretty obvious to me that the whole idea of working a 40 hour plus work week in an office and then going home, eating dinner and then driving over and working in the race shop until midnight, one o'clock in the morning every day just wasn't 
wasn't going to be realistic. You know, I wasn't yeah. getting to spend enough time with my kids and um, I just flat burned out, just tired. And it became pretty obvious that I wasn't going to be able to maintain that. Um, so I had a decision to make. And luckily, my car owner, um, Brian Short, was was really super helpful and kind of getting he, – he really pushed me to not necessarily make the decision, but kind of believe in myself to the point where I could make that decision. And then he also, um, you know, helped me out as far as getting things off the ground and a um, little bit of financial help as well. So, you know, it was a big decision, but in the end, it was something I felt like I wanted to do, um, I needed to do. And so far, it's been really well, really good. You know, it's gone extremely well so far. We've been busy. I've uh, got more work, uh, more people wanting work done than what I can handle. Um, basically, a one-man show right now, and I get a little bit of help from my dad a few nights a week. But, um, you know, just trying to kind of get our feet on the ground and build this thing up, trying to get enough um, capital built up to where I can hire somebody and not have to worry about whether I can pay him, you know, one week to the next and just kind of growing it a little bit slow, but, you know, methodically. I have a couple of questions for you on this whole venture. And I guess the first one I want to back up and, and, you know, have you explain a little bit more, you know, as you mentioned, you had a great career there at all-star, uh, really worked well mm-hmm. for you to be able to work, you know, sell parts, do whatever it is you did there and then go home and work on your own stuff. What was the final nudge? Mm-hmm. What was the moment where you said, it's now or never. If we're going to do this, we got to do it. Um, you know, I had known for a while that it was some that it was a decision I was going to have to make. Um, and you know, I kind of I don't remember what exact moment it was, but there there was a point where I I just thought about it and I was like, you know, do I want to continue to race and be involved in it or? am I ready to just kind of wash my hands of it and be done and and walk away and, and, you know, go do something else. And it basically came down to that. So you were were at the point where you weren't going to just continue to be involved the way you were. It was either I'm doing my own thing or I'm giving the sport up. It was all or nothing. Wow. It was all or nothing. Yeah, it, it was, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it because my, my personality is I can't just do it part way. You know what I mean? Right. Like I have to immerse myself in it and be 110% committed to doing it and doing it the right way. And so, so there was no, for me, there was no option to just do it part way, you know, to either cut back or, or, um, you know, either just sell parts or, you know, we'll only work in the shop one or two nights a week or one night a week or something, you know, and only go to the racetrack and not, not be as prepared as we normally are. Like that wasn't an option to me. It was, it was just, it was all or nothing. And my wife and I kind of sat down and talked about it and she supported me every step of the way. And like I said, Brian came to me and he had more work for me than (laughs) I could ever even imagine. He had guys lined up, you know, for, months out, you know, that, that I was like, golly, I had no idea that there were this many people that even wanted work done. Well, I, I want so, you to, uh, I want you to take a, ch- a chance here and, and kind of tell me what it is that needle speed solutions is doing. Are you, are you making a- adjustments to chassis that already exist? Are you building chassis? Are you just doing body work? Are you doing shocks? I mean, tell me what you're doing there. So we do pretty much anything, but build a chassis. Um, I don't have, the infrastructure, nor do I have the desire to actually build manufactured chassis. I, there's guys that do that and have that business kind of down to a science. And I just, I don't, I don't have any desire to do that. So basically we're, we're taking, um, new chassis, used chassis, whatever. And we're, we're going through them and setting them up for people, um, hanging bodies, doing some shock work. Um, I've got, uh, partnerships, with, you know, Terry Seneca at Seneca Performance and, and um, Brandon Ernest, Ernest Performance and JRI and Penske Shocks and, um, you know, several others as well that we're, that we're working with and, and um, just trying to help people get better, you know. Um, I can't promise you that you're going to take home a checker flag every week you run a car that we've gone through, but, you know, our whole goal is to kind of have a personalized touch 
and work with people individually and, and make them as best as we can possibly make them and, and, you know, make them better so that they're having fun. Steve, obviously you got a, a busy race team there, uh, you know, with Brian and Brandon and everybody. Um, how is that affecting your team? Is it taking time away from what you guys need to do um, to make sure you run um, like you're accustomed to, or, or do you have to find time um, to kind of get your stuff in kind of second? Yeah, you know, and it's funny you ask that, and I talk about, you know, trying to cut back on some hours by not working an office job 40 hours a week and then going to the shop, you know, and, and working at midnight. But it's become pretty apparent that, you know, my personal stuff is still getting done at night. <laughs> um, it's just that I, I'm not working on it as often at night, so that's good. Um, but, yeah, no, I I work in the shop with my dad probably about three nights a week. And, uh, you know, work on our stuff or whatever needs to be done. But, um, yeah, you know, we've got a busy schedule coming up and, you know, I'm trying to balance that and it's going to be a learning experience, you know, just trying to kind of balance customer work and in our work and obviously customer work always comes first. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out, um, throughout the year and, um, you know, how much we're actually able to do versus how much we want to do. So, um, you have to get back to me on that at the end of the season. I'll let you know how that worked out. <laughs> well, you brought, you led me into it with the schedule this season. You know, Steve, we talked, we've talked many a times about the outlaw late model division and, and what it needed to, you know, that it was kind of, it, it was hard. The car counts were getting kind of tough. You've seen them, right? And um, yep. so last year we had reveal the hammer come in this year. Uh, Kevin and his team go down to Plymouth and they want to rip the dirt off of it. And boy, they're making yep. noise with the outlaw late models there. Kind of tell me what you're feeling. Is this um are we gonna have enough outlaw late models for all of these events that are, that are out there this summer? Because it sure seem seems in twenty twenty two like there's gonna be a lot of options. Boy, there's a ton of options. And it, it is a great time for somebody who wants to come in if they want to go outlaw late model racing. There's so many good races. Um there's gonna be a lot of opportunity for a lot of people to to win some races and make some, make some hay this summer. That's for sure. Um, it's great. It's great for the sport in general. Um, I believe, you know, we might have to battle through some thin car counts, but I also believe that there's going to be more opportunity that there's ever been. So, um, while they'll be spread out a little bit more, I think there's going to be more opportunity for people to break into the sport as well and really compete and have a, have a good time and kind of show what they've got, you know? So, um, there's a lot of options and, and hopefully we'll see some more cars or, or some, even some older faces that we haven't seen in a long time come out and, and join us. So it's going to be an interesting summer. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about where the class is headed. Um, but you know, time will tell, I guess. Let's talk about Plymouth Speedway. See, and it's been in the news most recently. Um, you know, on, you, you watch on social media, you're seeing all of these drivers commit to this grand slam down there. And mm -hmm. I, reason being, they're throwing a lot of money around, right? Money that we haven't seen That's in right. outlaw late model racing in a long time. Um, That's right. As far as I know, you've committed to that. Can they sustain that through the four race series? Or do you think you're going to see 35 or 40 cars at the first one, and then it's going to start falling off as you go? Uh, I think you'll see a little attrition, um, some of which should just be natural. You know, every year, even when we were racing, you know, full-time at a track at 20 or, you know, you had 16 or 20 races a season, say at like Kalamazoo or even Berlin or something, you always had that natural attrition throughout the year where week one, you'd have 40 or 50 cars. And then by week 16 or 18 or 20, you'd have 20 cars, you know, you'd, you'd lose half your field throughout the year. And um, I, I still think you're going to see some of that. Um, and especially with the progressive payoff system as it goes, um, there's certainly a, an incentive to run them all. But once you kind of know that you're, if you, you're, you're going to have a hard time drawing new guys later on in the year, you know, guys that couldn't make the first couple. Um, but you might hold on to some of the ones that normally would drop out. So it's going to be a, a real interesting dynamic that we haven't seen yet in the outlaws but i i think you'll see some natural attrition maybe not as much as you normally would but i, I think you'll definitely see some 
Steve, I want to go back a little bit to uh, with everything going on with Needle Speed Solutions. And then, as Rich mentioned, all these big events that you got going on. Um, we, we've talked about this on the template side of things where, you know, pick a car manufacturer. We like to pick on Johnny Van Dorn. Those guys all share notebooks all throughout the season. They all park together. They're all leaning on one another to try to make those cars fast at every race. Are you looking yep. forward to being able to kind of do that same thing with, with the Speed Solution shop and, you know, now come into this full season and kind of look at all these outlaw cars and if you all show up at the same racetrack, uh, you know, kind of looking at each other and going, okay, what do we got to do to make these cars quick? Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Anytime you can kind of be a central hub and, and you know, kind of learn off of each other, um, there's a little bit of a balancing act there because no, not everybody wants you to <laughs> – share the information that they're giving that the feedback that they're giving you either, you know, so you got to respect that. Um, but you know, you can, you can definitely help people on an individual basis and, and try to, um, try to make them the best that they can be and still be respectful to your other customers as well. And not giving away everything that they're doing. Um, you know, so there, there's a bit of a balancing act there, but the thing about these outlaw cars is they're also different. You know, there, there's no two exact cars out there. Uh, whereas on the template side, there, there's a lot more similarity. Mm-hmm. So those cars, um, I don't want to call them cookie cutters cause they're not, but they're, they're much more similar from car to car, um, within a chassis manufacturer than they are on the outlaw side. So, um, there's a, there's a much larger chance of, of a general setup, if you will, working for a, a group of guys in that world than there are in the outlaw world, just because there's so many variables. So, um, I, I would love to have a group of guys at the racetrack and we're all racing together and competing against each other for the win. And, um, you know, and, and we're all, you know, five out of five out of the top five, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we always want to see that. That'd be great. Um, but you know, the whole goal is just kind of make everybody better, make them the best we can make them. And, and then while we're still back on talking about the shop a little bit, uh, Michael shared our post today about you being on the show, and uh, he, he asked the question, uh, talking to your dad, he said, is your son going to tell how hard he makes you work? Uh, <laughs> talk about the work relationship you have with your dad. Oh, uh, man, we we have a, a great relationship. Um, dad and I spend a lot of time together, not as much as we used to, because uh, we both worked at, at Lane and you know, we were spending all day, every day, not necessarily with each other, but in the same building as each other. And then also going to the race shop and working together at night. So we don't spend quite as much time as we used to together, which is maybe a good thing. Um, <laughs> but, but we, we still, uh, we still have a great relationship and we, we butt heads like fathers and sons do. And we also have a great time together. So, um, he works hard at it. He spends a lot of time in the shop you know, and when I'm not able to be there, whether it be with a family engagement or whatever, you know, he's, he's there doing whatever he can do. And, um, you know, he always tells me, leave me a list of things that I can handle and, and I'll try to get to it for you if I can. And so he's, he's a huge help. Um, and he's cheap help, which is even better. (laughs) So gotta love that. man. uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, I couldn't do it without him. I mean, that's the truth. I, I, I couldn't do it without him. So he's, he's, is a huge part of our program. Steve, back to the schedule a little bit and specifically yours. You know, we over the past several years, we're used to seeing you, you know, making trips up to Birch Run, Berlin, Kalamazoo, um, you know, Flat Rock for their big races. Uh, Toledo, mm-hmm. that's another animal. We'll just leave that one out there. But um, is your schedules, are you still going to be able to fit those events in that you've run over the, you know, over the last several years that you've always loved to run? Or are you going to keep those on your schedule? I'm planning on it. I'm planning on it. Um, you know, the reveal, the hammer races, we, we, we are going to try to run all of those. Um, you know, Kalamazoo's got a handful of good races on, and they're on, on slicks again this year, good slicks this year. So, um, that makes that real, uh, enticing. And, and we've, we plan on running the four Plymouth races. And then, uh, we've also added or, or in the process of adding a super late model to the, to the bunch as well. So, uh, going to add a couple of those races to the schedule. You know, Berlin's got a handful of, of really good races and, uh, going to try to hit a couple of those. And then Brandon and I are, are going to split some time in that. So, um, 
So, yeah, no, we've got a pretty ambitious schedule uh, still. We're going to see how it all works out, but um, we're, we're planning on, on racing a bunch. You brought Brandon up. I got to ask you, first of all, how's he doing? Uh, you know, he had to miss a whole lot of last year. And mm-hmm. I'm, d- does he want to get uh, back to Toledo again after his first experience, how well he did? Yeah, yeah. I, I, right now, Brandon's just excited to get in a race car, period. I, I think he'd get in a motorized radio flyer uh, wagon <laughs> if we had one. Um, you know, I, he's just excited to race, which is great. You know, um, he's a good little racer. You know, he we're, we're, he just needs a little bit of experience, but he's uh, he's a good racer and he's going to win his fair share. That's for sure. He's, he's going to be a handful for a lot of people to deal with. So pretty excited about where he's headed to. Now, you can't tease us about a super late model ride without uh, trying to give, you know, we're going to try to get a little something out of you there. So uh, uh, what are the details? What can you tell us? Uh, well, we've got a new uh, Seneca performance car uh, going together uh, currently. And uh, the plan is to run, um, I'm going to try to get to, try to get to Berlin on the 16th for their uh, opening night icebreaker show for 5000 to win. And then also the money in the bank and then the battle of Berlin. And then uh, I know, I know Brandon wants to get in it for several races as well. So um, not sure exactly what the schedule is going to be like outside of those Berlin shows, but we're, we're definitely going to do um some super late model racing what is it about you outlaw guys man you're all i mean you're you're all starting to go over to the other side of the fence you know um you know brian bergaker had run an outlaw for quite a while and then and and got a template car uh jeff versick sold all his stuff he's in a template car now Mm -hmm. um what's going on you guys going over the other side of the fence is that where you want is that where everything is going because there's so many more races um i wouldn't say that it's necessarily everything's going that way. I think if you talk to the majority of the guys that run template cars, they'd, they'd rather run outlaws. Um, the problem is there's just not enough races around the country. You know, we're, we're kind of stuck in our little, our little nook here in Michigan, Indiana and Ohio essentially. So it uh, makes it difficult. So when you've got a, a general rules package from coast to coast and you can pretty much race from Maine to California to Florida, you know, under one rules package, essentially, you know, that's, it's pretty enticing. And, um, for us, I I think it was more or less just about another challenge. Um, you know, just trying to, um, take on something that we hadn't done before and, and try to be successful at it. And it also on my side can be a, a help to the business as well. You know, just kind of expand our knowledge base, um, learn a little bit more, and then there's some pretty cool races in the outlaw off season that, that we could potentially try to hit as well. So, um, you know, we love outlaw racing uh, and we're not, we're not getting out of that by any means. Um, you know, Brian, his heart's really with the outlaw racing and so is mine. It's what I started with and it's where, where I want to be. Um, but the template thing is also really, really enticing and they've got some really cool races and some really prestigious races that we'd like to try our hand at and uh so that that's kind of the the idea behind it steve always a pleasure to catch up with you man uh, we could keep talking for a long time but uh, uh i guess uh, last thing in closing when is the first time that folks can uh, look to see that car on the track for you the any, uh, e- either of them right so when, when can they see yeah. you at a racetrack when, when's the first time yes yeah, so uh, tentatively right now we plan on going to the icebreaker at berlin on the 16th with the template car and then our first race in the outlaw would be the 29th of April at Kalamazoo for the Intimidator 100. Awesome, man. Hey, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Steve Needles, uh, look at him, look for him, uh, outlaw or template car, somewhere near you. And actually, I'm looking forward to seeing how you do in that Plymouth thing because, uh, as they said, you've won just about everything there is to win. So now here's something new for you to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I raced at Plymouth back before they put dirt on it, and it was a fun little place to race. So we're, we're pretty excited about it. Steve, good luck this year, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, last week we had our one-year celebration of bringing Gary Did You Know to the fans of Horsepower Happenings. And, uh, Rich, you were instrumental in making that happen, and so it's always fun. We put the quiz up, and then the next week, well, somewhat inconsistently, but we try to, the next week, bring you the answers on the show. And once again, this week, the quiz was maybe favorable to uh, somebody to try to get them all. I know we were close. Did we get a grand prize winner? 
No, we did not. Ah. <laughs> no. And we really, to be honest, we weren't that close. We had um, two of the questions were answered fully correctly by fans. Uh, another question was answered half correctly by one, and another another person answered that. And then the, one of the questions was not answered at all. So okay. um, you can't win without answering them. So let's get started, Zach. How about we go through them real quick? Yeah, let's talk about um, it. So, Gary, did you know the answer reveal for tonight? Uh, this number one, question number one, this open-wheel driver was called the Gobbler. And Zach, <clears throat> no one clue. of our fans, Brad got it right. Oh, let's go. You, there's Brad Bergevin got it right. Leo Caldwell. Leo Caldwell was called the Gobbler. All right. I did not know that one. No, myself. that one was above me. All right, question number two. And I'm surprised. I think most people didn't answer this because it was so obvious. But <laughs> but, but somebody got it. <clears throat> somebody actually got half of it right and half of it wrong. Uh, crazy. Chasing a hurricane 12 times. So we were looking for two drivers. And the answers were obviously Scott Hance and 12-time Andy Bozell. It was also, uh, the question was phrased a little uh, uniquely, Gary. That was a unique phrasing for a question. Uh, but yes, that was that, that one I knew. All right, so let's go to question number three, and this is the one that nobody decided to tackle. Uh, so, and I, 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 I've heard of this guy's name, but I wouldn't have referred to it uh, in this question. This Midwest driver is known as the old grump. No and clue. I would not have related it to this driver, but I, I, I've heard of this name before. The answer was Doug Hanna. Ah, yeah, that was above me. And then the final one that, that he had some fun with, you know, another play with words, right? Question number four. These figure eight driving brothers had the perfect nicknames. One howled at the moon and the other one showed you the moon. And again, uh, beyond me. Well, if if these drivers, uh, they were out of the Flat Rock area, raced out of the Flat Rock Speedway and traveled through mid-Michigan back in the day with with the figure eight, with the figure eights. And uh, Tara Thompson got this one right. And she should because one of them is her father. That's right. So, so she had the answer to this and posted it. The answer: Ray the Wolf Herman and Pat the Mooner Herman. So uh, that was some fun questions Gary gave us for uh, for this month for for the month of March, and um, I think people had some fun with that one. Time to move on to our second interview tonight, Rich. We're going to trade in the pavement. We're going to go dirt. It's a late model night tonight, and uh, this is another driver who's already revealed some things that he's got going on for 2022. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, Zach uh, re revealed his 2022 schedule earlier today, and when I saw it, I said, we got to get him on the show to talk about this. A lot of other things going on, too. He's a two-time American Ethanol Late Model Tour champion, makes his home in Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, Brandon Thurlby, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Man, first of all, let's before we get into the racing stuff, you guys have been busy there at Thoroughby Automotive. A lot of stuff going on. Kind of tell everybody what you guys been through this winter. Um, we actually we had merged with another company, um, Auto Value Auto Wears. Uh, Auto Wears is the parent company. Auto Value Bumper to Bumper is the uh, the company stores uh, throughout Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin. Um, yeah, we. We kind of merged with them. Uh, you know, it's just the way the world is, you know, nowadays. You just, you never know what's going to happen, you know, two, three months from now. Uh, my dad was ready to retire, and it was just one of those deals where, you know, it was just the best move, not for ourselves, but, you know, when we have, you know, 80-plus employees, it's not just 80 people, but wives, children, and and that kind of deal. So just kind of kind of the best deal for everybody and and yeah we actually today is is the first day um we're still thoroughly automotive and everything but under the auto value uh banner so with the mer i know people are interested in this because you you've talked about thoroughly automotive your whole career and the 80 90 100 plus employees uh, i've i've picked on on you for that before but you always have been so conscious of of that business and what your dad has done to help you be able to do what you do. Uh, is that merger, is that change going to affect what you're doing at all? Has it started to, what, what, what should we be looking for here? No, it's uh, it, we're, like we just released a schedule. Like you had mentioned before, we're still 
you know, same deal, the challenge series and then um, whatever makes sense on the off weekends. Uh, there's less off weekends this year, which is great, great money in, in Michigan racing for the late models. Um, but no, um, you know, a little, a few more tasks, you know, here and there during the week. But for the most part, we'll still be racing about, you know, 40 nights a year and, you know, and go from there. Well, Brandon, we can clarify this because I went through this schedule. I counted 48 events. Okay. Now some of those are two or three day shows. So 48 events you have on the schedule, not one of them outside of the state of Michigan. Yeah. Uh, we've, you know, ever since, what was it? 2016 started taking more and more responsibility within the company and did less traveling outside. And it just so happened it coincided with the, uh, the American ethanol series and now the challenge series. Um, we'd, we'd go outside of the state and, you know, kind of race for the, the bigger shows, but since they're closer to home, you know, it doesn't make any sense to, to drive past those now. So, you know, just kind of a perfect storm deal as far as, you know, when I first started, we, we did travel, you know, quite a bit. And as a lot of people know, the last few years, it's been less and less. So, no, it's just, uh, you know, late model racing in Michigan with Mike Blackbeer and everything he's done the last couple of years. Uh, it's hard to, hard to get out of Michigan. It doesn't really make much sense for us. Yeah. yeah and, you know, Zach and I, you know, first first met you with the American Ethanol Tours and, you know, different racetracks, obviously, um, on that tour. And now you just kind of brought it up. Mike Blackmere picks up Thunderbird, um, this All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series, adding a couple tracks, uh, I-96 back on that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you approve of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, like with our uh, truck and trailer, the way we figure – uh, the way diesel is right now, it's about a dollar a mile to go up and down the road. So, Jeez. like I said, it's the perfect storm for us being in uh, on an island up here in Traverse City, Michigan. I mean, it's three hours to I-96, two and a half to Winston, uh, Tri-City. Merritt's the closest track, and it takes about an hour and 15 minutes to get to. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a good deal for, for us especially. Um, you know, people live Southern Michigan, they've got a few more options than we do, but you know, you just take Oakshade, Ohio, for example, it's, it's five hours to get there for us. So, so no, it works out real well. That dollar a mile st- statistic just kind of blew me away there a minute. That, that's, that's crazy, man. Uh, especially when yeah. you, when you start talking about hours to travel to a place, uh, that's just, man, that's going to be unreal this year. But as you mentioned, uh, decision to stay local and to stay in Michigan and too, as your schedule reflects, still going to see you going to I-96, still going to see you making the trip to these racetracks where you have found success in the past. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, if you look at our schedule and that, that our column, um, not just Mike, but you know, the summer nationals and, and a few other things that, you know, we've got some regular shows for 1500 to win, but the, ma- the majority of the races are, you know, pretty big purses to win. And we don't go there for start money, so yeah. that's what we focus on. And, and to your point, right, we're looking at, what are we looking at here? Maybe three shows, maybe, that uh, that start with a one to win. Everything else is more than that. So uh, Yeah, and like, like Rich said, and you know, we probably are going to end up with 40 you know, with weather and this and that, but yeah, 48 on the schedule. And like you said, you just have a, a handful under a couple thousand wins. So I want you to talk about Thunderbird raceway, uh, because that's a track that, that you specifically didn't get a chance to run out a lot. You were either talking about American ethanol races or hell tour races because, uh, you know, they made the decision to run American racers there on a regular basis. Are you excited? Looking forward to it? Do you like that racetrack? Uh, talk to me about Thunderbird a little bit. Oh, I love it, especially the nights. We uh, we run Winston quite a bit on Friday nights. And, you know, last year we we actually we'd go down to the uh, the Phillips Goki pit area. We'd buy their used tires if, <laughs> if we thought it was going to rain out, you know, Merritt or, you know, where we were going Saturday night. And, uh, yeah, we'd be running. Uh, I think we ran there three times on regular shows last year just because of rainouts and so yeah, we ended up just going and buying used American racers and and heading over there. And it, it is it's going to be real nice this year, not having to 
you know, figure out the tire situation and just, you know, drive 12 miles south and camp out and, and race at a good racetrack. Brandon, um, I think the all-star performance late model challenge series um, is a great thing after the ethanol tours went away. Um, perfect timing for you guys. And by you guys, I mean the guys that run the super late models on dirt. Um, we, we've kicked this thing off two separate champions, two years in a row. Um, but we haven't seen your name there yet. Kind of handicap your, your chances here in 2022. Well, that's, that's a thing that's, uh, I was actually uh, hoping and praying for a uh, postponement just starting off <laughs> right away at the player hater here. I, I know it's not, you know, challenge series, but yeah, we're, we're a little bit behind the eight ball right now as far as preparation for this year. No new cars, motors, anything like that. But uh, no, I, I don't know. Like I've said a million times, it's uh, I'd rather be uh, lucky than good any day. That definitely helped the years before with the ethanol series. It's just uh Real stiff competition. I mean, there's 10 of us that can 10 to 12 that we, we can all win any night of the week. So it's just, uh, you know, what heat race you're in, how well you do, lay down a couple good laps. But, uh, no, I can't really put a number on it, but there's, there's definitely a lot of good competition in it. And to that note, is that enjoyable for you, or would you rather be, quote-unquote, cherry-picking or, or in a situation where – uh, you know, you roll in and know that you're only going to have to beat two or three other guys, but you know that the core group of of uh, competitive drivers are running where you're going to be almost every night, almost all of those 40 nights that you're going to be there. No, I love it, especially like, I, you know, the summer nationals. You have a core group of guys, and then you get a handful of guys that, you know, run for a living. That's what I strive on. I love it. It's, uh, you know, you prove yourself, you're on – you know, pay-per-view, dirt-on-dirt, flow racing, it's, uh, it's a great deal. And I thought, uh, you know, last year, I thought, I mean, you, you've run good at a lot of racetracks, but I thought uh, at Woodtick, you actually ran really well till the last, I think it was the last five laps, ten laps in the race, um, when Rusty kind of got away. But you guys had, had quite the battle, and we've always talked about how important that event to you with, is with the Dan Slay Memorial as well. Yeah, it's uh, I'm gonna get it one of these years. <laughs> um, I keep giving you a chance know. to do it, and you just uh, we're waiting on you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't know if Leah said two to three words to me on the ride home after that one. <laughs> kind of let that one get away, but no, it, it definitely means a lot. Um, that's you know the biggest uh, asterisk on the side of the schedules for that one. Um, yeah. I, I can't even put into words what I mean to win that one. What do you think it is, uh, you know, because it is so tough to win, what is that? Uh, I, I don't know. Is it just we're blessed with, as race fans, a really good, talented group of drivers? Is it consistent racetracks? Is it equipment? I mean, why are there so many, as you mentioned, you know, a dozen to half a dozen or a dozen and a half drivers that can go out there and win on any given basis at all these different racetracks, right? You guys show up when it was Ethanol and Challenge Series. You know, you guys are going to show up at I-96, and it's going to be a very similar group of drivers that could win there, as could unload at Merritt and win there as well. No, it it definitely, the equipment, I think, is one thing nowadays. When I first started out, I was I was very blessed with, you know, great cars, great motors, uh, able to put, you know, fresh tires on the car. Um, there's, when I first started racing, there wasn't too many people with full-blown super late model motors and these brand new chassis where nowadays, you know, you go up and down the pit or the starting grid, you know, for a feature. And now there's, you know, 20 of us. Well, when I first started racing, there's only a handful of us. Um, that's part of it. Um, the talent was always there and it continues to grow. And there's quite a few people, you know, with, you know, not, quite as much equipment but still enough talent to put themselves in the right place at the right time so i was i was looking at the schedule brandon so let's go over it obviously you know i'm not going to say what's your favorite events because we know you know up on the top of your list the all-star challenge series um obviously wood tick and the dan slay memorial those are all right up there together um but you you got four hell tour events on here what are the other events that made you put it on the schedule? Were they just 
I don't want to say they're schedule fillers, but were there races that you said, I want to go and run this one? Well, I love um, at the beginning of the year, we try to do it every year, just, you know, with weather and, and other things. But I love going to Crystal at the beginning of the year every once in a while. Crystal has some diehard race fans that I don't get to see <laughs> quite like quite as much as I'd like to. Um, they don't go anywhere else Friday night. They don't go anywhere else where else Saturday night they go to Crystal Motor Speedway they put their butts in the stands and they watch the races and and it reminds me a lot of uh when I went down to Fairbury a few times that uh the camaraderie after the race with the the fans and the drivers they all come down they I mean t-shirts sweatshirts uh autograph cards I mean it's just unreal how many we go through just after the races. I mean, it's just great. They all come down and hang out. And, uh, I guess that's one thing. I mean, it's not, not a big money show or anything, but we always try to, to make it a point to go down there at the beginning of the year and just see everybody. We don't get to see quite a bit. And anybody who listens to the show that, uh, that frequents crystal, you're going to have to get to see Brandon Thurlby early because it's only in April when you're paying your visits there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we, uh, we love the fans down there and, and they enjoy when, you know, when we come down there and, and it's just a, a great, a great deal. Like I said, after, after the races, I just, uh, you know, I'm not saying anything against, uh, any other Michigan tracks, but we, that's some diehard race fans there at Crystal Motor Speedway. Let's talk about, uh, Winston, another racetrack that, you know, until recently, uh, didn't necessarily see you there all the time. And I want to talk about that track because it is going to be the first event on your schedule. As you mentioned, praying for a postponement, you did get that today. They're going to push it back to April 8th and 9th. That was, and we talked about this last week, that was one of the best late model shows we saw last year. Uh, unfortunately, you took it in as a fan for except the first two or three laps. Uh, looking for a little bit of redemption in that event this year? Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've ran well down there, you know, most every night that was just a, just a fluke deal where it was a little slimy on the bottom and I got caught up in, uh, in somebody else's mess. But, um, no, we, like I said, we, we run pretty well down there. We won a few races last year and in the past. And, uh, no, I just, that's another great track. We, uh, we go down there quite a bit. And, and that's why I brought it up, too, because he mentioned the Crystal fans. And I know you said, Brandon, we're not knocking any other fans. But, uh, you know, when when, when Dona Marcullia, Rich, you remember, he got out of the car. That place was electric uh, because of the race that they had just seen there. And, and I think we're going to see that all across the board this year of, of race fans who are really excited to get back to the track and uh, to see their – I don't know about you, Rich, but I'm itching to get back. Uh, Brandon, when we get the season going, uh, you know, we heard a couple of guys last year talk about being burned out and, you know, maybe wanting to go – sit on a boat somewhere i love to hear from you we got more races on our schedule this year and that's the way i like to see it i love hearing how much you want to race uh that's a that to me is a breath of fresh air a little bit yeah no i like i said i i love racing and and we'll be you know friday saturday we may not be traveling as much as we used to but uh no if if it's not rained out somewhere we'll, we'll definitely be somewhere friday saturday night from here till the end of september we touched on it briefly before the Wood Tick and the Dan Soleil Memorial. Um, man, what thirty four thousand dollars this year to 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 win that event, um, and that's you know everybody knows if you're familiar with the event how much time uh, Leah puts into that and the money that she raised. That event is going to be huge here in 2022. Yeah, I mean it's not just. I mean I shouldn't take anything away from Leah. She does everything for the event and her family they do a great job but on top of that it's just i mean we have all of these people that send this money for whether it be a lap here or there or major sponsors for b mains and heat races and i just i cannot thank the support from everybody in the racing community that's you know just generated over the last few years and it's just a snowball effect every year it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and we would say the same thing. She just, she's in awe every year, the messages she gets and can I do this? Can I help with that? And it's not just the money, it's the help as well around the pits and, you know, banners and 50, 50 and you name it. It's just uh, the racing community has been huge for this event. 
All right, Brandon, we've talked about the schedule. We've dissected it. Uh, it's no no secret that you and the Challenge Series haven't meshed well together since its inception. Uh, some limited success there. Really, you know, I, I think you probably would be at the top of the board of people looking for you to punch in a couple of wins there this year. But what are what is a successful 2022 season to you uh, here a couple of weeks before getting it started? You look at the schedule. What would you like to uh, see you accomplish this year? Yeah, like so last year we yeah we ran second in the points for that. We ended up win, winning the uh, the Michigan point side of it, and I actually kind of screwed up. I started way too late for the the national points. I didn't get to throw away enough races like I'd like towards the end. But no, I you know a top five in the the UMP national points possibly uh, win the Michigan state title again. And like I said, we were we were second last year in the the challenge series the year before I had some unfortunate uh, medical issues where right. I wasn't even near the near even the top of the board but no if I could get a little bit closer at least vie for the championship and you know Dona had quite quite a stretch on myself and Travis and a few others towards the end but at least make it close towards the end and and make it a uh, a deal where you guys can talk about it the last couple of races instead of just handing it to them. That's right. That's right. We, we would prefer that, too. We like all you guys, but, man, make it entertaining for us. Brandon, always right. a pleasure to get a chance to catch up with you, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing you at the Player Hater in a couple of weeks. And then, of course, as the season unfolds, seeing you around. All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. I want to say thanks so much to, uh, of course, Steve Needles and Brandon Thurlby for being on the program tonight. And, uh, Rich, uh, just talking to these guys about what they got going on, a couple of rock stars in their own right. And I think for some reason we always pair Steve and Brandon up, um, but we did it again tonight. Uh, really a couple of solid schedules on pavement, solid schedules on dirt, and a couple of guys that are looking forward to taking the bull by the horns this year. Yeah, if, if you like late model racing, Zach, either, whether on pavement or, or on dirt, uh, you're going to be a happy camper this summer. Uh, and you're, and you're going to have many options to see some great racing uh, throughout the state and throughout, throughout our region. So, um, you know, and it's always great to have those guys on. They come on, and, and they're always great to talk to. So I just can't wait to get out and watch them run. And if we, it can ever get warmer here, we'll be able to get to do that because both, have them, both, both of those drivers, like they said, have – have going to open their season here in April. Now, I do know that we have some people who listen across the uh, region and uh, across other parts of the country, so I will take the opportunity to brag just a little bit, Rich France. I get to go racing this weekend. Uh, I'll be making the trip down to Nashville Fairground Speedway for the 118th uh, auto racing season opener. Uh, Pro late models on tap alongside. Uh, they had 29 legends for open practice on Saturday. Uh, I talked to general manager Scott Menlin today. They are planning on a non-transfer B main, a true B main for legends this weekend because they're expecting so many to be down there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I have noticed, um, you know, it, it's, and it seems to me that, you know, the, the further south you go, legends are pretty popular. The further you get down Tennessee, Georgia, um, you know, Alabama down in that area. Any race you go to that has legends, it's a big car count. That's right. So Nashville Fairground Speedway will be the home this weekend. Then next weekend, folks, Anderson Speedway just down in Indiana. They're scheduled to host the ARCA CRA Super Series on uh, Saturday. Also, don't forget the Player Hater Wild West Shootout rescheduled for next weekend. The following weekend, I'll be back in Nashville uh, for a big event that they've got going into Easter weekend. Weekend after that, Rich, Salem Speedway will host the Champion Racing Association. And then the following week, we're going to I-96 Speedway for Great Lakes Super Sprint Series action. It's happening, baby. It's rolling. It's time to go yep, racing. Yep, yeah, and we haven't we, we haven't received a cancellation yet because they just posted this race today. But um, give it time because I don't see anybody else racing in our region this weekend with the way it's going to be. Attica Raceway Park, three times a charm, Zach. Uh, Hopefully. they're going to try it. They're going to try it again this Friday. Uh, difference being, if they don't get it in this Friday, there is no makeup on Saturday. So it's Friday or nothing at Attica Raceway Park. Once again, 410 sprints, 305 sprints and the UMP late models gates open at five on Friday. If the cold weather doesn't get them, which I'm not totally confident. I, th I think everybody's going to get it this weekend racing at 745 on Friday. And like I said, no rain date this week, only Friday or miss. 
And then uh, also shouldn't forget the CRA Sportsman and Street Stocks uh, scheduled to be in action this Sunday down in uh, DeGraff, Ohio for the 11th Annual Cabin Fever Championships at Shady Bowl Speedway. So that's what's happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Once again, thanks so much to Steve and Brandon for being on the program. Thanks to Scott Menlin who pays the bills. For Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in. And who knows, maybe we'll see you this weekend down in Nashville. We'll see you next week, same time, same place, with Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.